Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets, high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit the Ferguson Showroom on Powell Avenue in Nashville and discover the controlled convenience of Jet Air's connected wall oven. Innovative, intuitive, and in the palm of your hand. Reinvent your kitchen with Jet Air and find it at Ferguson. Sitting across from us now from Football Outsiders and the Off the Charts podcast, Aaron Schatz joins us. Aaron, great to see you, man. Hey, great to be down here. Great to be sitting with you guys. Thanks. Um, we're wondering, before we jump into this game, if you could tell us a little bit about how Football Outsiders metrics viewed uh, the 2019 Tennessee Titans. Do, do the numbers say it was uh, flukish, or do the numbers say what the Titans did this year was, was kind of sustainably legitimate? Well, that's the hard thing to tell, because there have been other quarterbacks who have the sort of track records of Tannehill um, as far as performance-wise, who've had half seasons that are that good. The thing is that most of those quarterbacks didn't have the same pedigree that Tannehill has. They weren't former number one picks that you were, you know, hoping would eventually kind of get it. I mean, that's certainly, you know, when Damon Heward had a great half season, when Josh McCown had a great half season, their their past performance may have looked like Tannehill's, but their pedigree didn't look like Tannehill's. When you look at how good the Titans were, there's no question they were one of the top teams in the league. By the, by the time that they were in the the AFC Championship game. They were something like fourth in our weighted ratings that dropped the strength of early games. Because once you take all the Mariota games out, they were you know one of the top two or three offenses in the league. The defense was pretty run of the mill mediocre. What uh, what's your your personal feeling on on uh, expectation for them next year in terms of sustainability if if they keep that core together? I mean, a lot of it depends on, you know, what ends up happening with Tannehill in the quarterback position. But let's assume for now that whether it's a long-term contract or a franchise tag, they keep Tannehill. I mean, it's tough. I think you'll see a little bit of regression. It's hard to imagine that they're going to be as good as they were over the second half of the year. On the other hand, you know, you're talking about the number one wide receiver was a rookie. You should see some growth there. Um the offensive line, we have to see what they end up doing with Conklin on the offensive line, but the offensive line is strong. And, again, I, I think I would see the offense would probably be strong again. Not as strong as it was in the second half of the season, but I think you can predict that it will be strong again. They just need to do work on the defense. You mentioned that rookie wide receiver. It's been a long time since the Titans have drafted a receiver that showed as much promise as, as A.J. Brown in year one. Just with you and the way you view the game, what, what did you make of A.J. Brown's rookie well, shoot, season? We thought Corey Davis might end up being that guy, but he never <laughs> right. has quite developed into the guy that we thought he was coming out of college. And A.J. Brown has. I think he's a great receiver. You can do a lot of different things with him. His rookie numbers are fantastic. And, I mean, there are occasionally receivers who have rookie numbers like that and disappear off the face of the earth afterwards, like Michael Clayton did for Tampa Bay. But for the most part, if you have numbers like that as a rookie, you're going to have a pretty qual- quality career. There's this big debate at all times of the value of the running back. And if you get a top three or four running back, you need to lock them up. But, oh, really, should you do that? Because even though the 49ers invested a lot in running back, they're doing this after injury with guys they didn't have to invest a lot in. So there's a number of different ways to look at it. 
What do you think about the value of Derrick Henry specifically for the Titans and what they want to do? The problem with running backs like Derrick Henry is often, even if you do believe that there is a substantial difference in quality between running backs, and certainly one of the things that differentiates running backs is tackle-breaking ability because that's something that's not dependent on your offensive line, and Henry has great tackle-breaking ability. But you end up, the problem is you end up paying for past performance instead of future performance. And running backs, they break down so early in their careers, you don't want to end up doing that. That's the problem with Henry is that even if you believe he's worth the money that he's going to be looking for, what's worth that money is what he's done for you in the last two years, not necessarily what he's going to do for you in the next two years. Check out the Off the Charts podcast with Football Outsiders. Aaron Schatz, our guest on the Midday 180. Let's turn towards uh, the Super Bowl. The thing, the storyline that I'm most interested in because the Titans failed so miserably at this against Kansas City was their inability to rush Mahomes, um, and they stuck with it with three and four people and couldn't couldn't do anything effective with it. San Francisco's way more talented with the three or four guys that they'll be sending to Mah- uh, at Mahomes. What do you think they'll be able to do? Um, with that three or four man rush, and how does it shape shape his game? I mean, the problem is that the offensive line is really strong for Kansas City. So even if they come at them with a four man rush, it's a strong offensive line to protect. Um, I think Mahomes was, I think, a little bit better in yards per play when he was blitzed this year compared to when he wasn't. So even if you try to blitz him, that's not necessarily a good strategy. So, I mean, I agree with you that. You know, how on earth do you stop Mahomes is the story because even if you believe that San Francisco's offense is a little underrated and is going to be able to score on Kansas City, they still have to keep up with the Kansas City offense. That's the hardest part of this game. Aaron, are, you came up with DVOA, right? Yep. When Everybody is referencing DVOA now, and you invented this. You came up with this formula. When did you know it was taking off? Like, when did you get the recognition? You're like, wow, this everyone's following this now. It as, was as a way to validate what we're doing across the league. It was slowly, but you know, certainly once, like in the beginning of this decade, once social media really started to develop and people were quoting my stats in their social media posts, I felt like, wow, we're really spreading. Uh, but what's more, it's interesting because what's more important to me as far as the ideas behind Football Outsiders is I don't expect people to necessarily constantly quote my stats, and I know that acronyms can get confusing. It's the ideas behind analytics that I want people to understand, which is, you know, passing generally being more efficient than rushing, you know, just trying to be efficient, not necessarily holding on to old standards of how football should be played that don't necessarily work in the modern NFL, uh, going for it more often on fourth down, being aggressive, uh, understanding how regression towards the mean works from year to year, not to necessarily predict that just because you got something this year means you're going to get that thing next year. I'd rather have people be sort of more cognizant of the ideas behind what I do than to necessarily quote my stats all the time, but people quoting my stats all the time is a bit of a kick. Right, yeah, and so, it's all the time. Absolutely, and, and so you're football outsiders, but how much validation do you get when football insiders start <laughs> to lot. use football outsiders' information? When head coaches like... Because now it's completely bled over into actual football people looking at what you're doing. Yeah, oh, it's total validation. It absolutely is. I mean, I've been doing this for 17 years now, and it's been sort of slow and steady throughout the whole time. People getting cognizant of what we do. And when head coaches like Pete Carroll mentioned us in a press conference a couple years ago, it's great uh, It's great fun to be mentioned by head coaches, to know that they're reading us in NFL front offices and that hopefully we're helping play a little bit of a role in the adoption of analytics around the NFL, teams being more aggressive, 
just being smarter in their off-season decisions. It's 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 great. That How- implementation. Um, where do you see it on the growth curve? Are you expecting it to be a hockey stick um, uh, on the graph? And if so, where are we on that? I think we're. I think it is going to be more of a hockey stick, and I think we're, we're sort of passing that point where enough teams are adopting analytics in their front offices that all the teams are going to have to start thinking about it soon, that enough teams are going to have success with it. I think the success that you saw the Baltimore Ravens have this year between that and the Eagles it's winning the, the Super Bowl game, two years fourth ago. fourth down, maybe? Yeah, that's a huge. There's just so much win probability to be gained there. It's just a huge. Unfortunately, I mean, listen, there's also, you know, when you fail on those fourth downs, it's a it's a major loss. And what's, what happened with Baltimore was that they failed on two major fourth downs, and that was, you know, a major discrep- you know discrepancy from the way they had played the rest of the year. They had played so well on fourth down the rest of the year. But the numbers still talk about just how much more win probability you can gain by going for it in those situations. And Baltimore went 14-2 and two in part by sort of listening to the lessons of analytics. What's the highest price you've seen on, like, eBay for Football Outsiders Almanac? <laughs> I don't know how, how much the old ones go for because we've been selling them all online for the last decade. So we've been selling them as computer files more than we have as I physical books. I don't know, books. like, the physical book that people, people just like to be able to flip through. I have seen those books go for uh, hundreds of dollars. The early ones, probably, because you can't get those. We still sell, like the last few years, you can still get on Amazon for the list price. But the first four, when we were with regular publishers, they're okay. hard to find. Well, I mean, I don't know why I stumbled on it one day, but I'm trying to look at the physical book. Because I, I like a physical newspaper in my hand sometimes. And the the book itself, I was like, man, this is, it, I don't know if it's worth what I'm about to pay. I didn't end up buying it, but someone was asking. You'll have like to email me. I'll send you an, I've got a box of them. Okay. Well, I won't put it on eBay, I promise. Uh, Aaron Schatz has been our guest, um, and he's been a guest of Seth Myers, by the way, the late show. Wow. I on, didn't uh, is it NBC? That. I think that's NBC. It's NBC, yeah. Yeah, that was that's my biggest cool. promotional opportunity, and it was a lot of fun. I'm is sure. he a big fan of yeah, your work? Yeah, he is. He's a football outsiders he's fan. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, right? He is. He's a big Steelers fan. What was the bounce, the, the, the day after bounce? It was pretty good. Yeah. That's <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> that's great. Aaron, great to great to have you on the show, man. We appreciate Thanks the time. Thanks for having me on, guys. Aaron Schatz has been our guest. Check out the Off the Charts podcast as well as footballoutsiders.com.